0: Hey two Picklers, welcome to week 8 of the Pickleball Therapy Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Today in The Riff, i want to talk about uh, arm pain, wrist pain, forearm pain, golfers elbow, tennis elbow, things like that. But before that, I'm going to give you some tips about how to continue your pickleball improvement. Specifically, we're going to talk a little bit about what not to do or what to avoid that will hamper your improvement. Let's get into it. Every week, players ask Lori or me, about the IntoPickle Academy. They want to know more about our online courses and what they're about. If you're interested in knowing more about the IntoPickle Academy, you can visit IntoPickle.com and you'll be able to link to a video that explains the IntoPickle Academy. Or better yet, join us for one of our free 30 minute workshops. During the workshop, you'll learn a thing or two and learn about the Academy. See you in class. I got the idea for this podcast from an article in the Pickleball Magazine for August and September this year. Uh, in it, Craig Laughlin, who calls himself the pickleball curmudgeon, talk was talking about some of the things that he does for his improvement. So basically, like the videos he watches, uh, you know, things that he looks at to to basically improve and get better. And it, you know, obviously, we all it, it benefits us to look at things to improve or or to look at videos, read materials. There's some good good stuff out there from by a lot of different uh, pickleball players who are putting out some some really good content. But at the end of the paragraph, uh, Craig noted that he is. Progress was painfully slower painstakingly slow something like that So basically it was going slower than he'd hoped and that got me to thinking about one of the things that can happen or one of the The risks that we take when we're viewing information or receiving information is information overload I was speaking about this earlier today with a friend of mine who's a chef and I said imagine if I came to you And I said I'd like for you to teach me how to make croissants I want to learn how to be a master Indian cook and I also want to learn how to make the most amazing desserts ever all at the same time. Well, obviously that's too much. I mean, I'm not going to do any of those things particularly well. And I think that happens to us when we when we're playing pickleball or we want to improve in pickleball, is that we want to try and improve at everything at one time. So you know, we need uh, we obviously need a good third shot. We're trying to improve our return. We're working on volleys. We're working on learning an NVZ. Maybe we're adding spin to our game. And so we're trying to do so many things at one time that we don't. We end up not doing any of them particularly well. When we think of improvement in Into Pickle, we think of it incrementally. So basically like it's just, you know, block upon block. If you think of Lego blocks, you know, if I'm going to build a Lego house, I got to start with the first layer of Legos and the second layer of Legos and, and keep on going. If I basically do the, you know, two blocks at the bottom and then I skip a level and then I go, you know, a third block on the right and then, a, you know, fourth level up, I, I throw in a block and then I come back to the second level to throw in a block. That's just really hard way to build anything. And it's a really hard way to build yourself up or improve as a pickleball player. Sometimes we'll refer to some of these things in our materials as red herrings. And the reason we call them that is it's not to say, for instance, that, you know, having a a more aggressive return of serve with some underspin is not a bad thing. I mean, it's a good thing if you can add that to your game. But is it the right time for you to add that to your game? Is there perhaps something else that you're either already working on or that you should be working on that will give you a a bigger return on your investment? So in other words, you'll, you'll bring that into your game. You'll learn how to do it really well and it'll have the maximum impact on your game as opposed to say adding, again, the hard underspin return of serve, if you're not ready for that yet or if it's just not the right time to bring that into your game. Keeping with that example, if if that's not the, if this isn't the right time in your game for that particular stroke, then obviously information about that videos and how to do it and things like that will distract you from the things that you should be working on that'll give you the most improvement. If you're at a place along your pickleball journey, along your pickleball path, where your improvement has seemed to stall that, slow down or stalled some, maybe take a look at how much information you're bringing in, how much information you're taking in at one time, whether you're taking clinics, lessons, uh, looking online to yourself, reading books, whatever you're doing. Just m- make sure that you're not bringing in too much information at one time or trying to do too many things at one time, which will make you not do any of them particularly well. Looking at it from the affirmative side, if your objective is to improve as a pickleball player, what you can do is you can map out what you think is really important right now for you. In other words, like what are your top couple of things that you really need to work on? Could be something as simple as making sure you're at the NVZ after every return or serve. Could be something a little more complex depending on where you are in the game, like learning how to hit a more aggressive dink, uh, you know, cross-court dink that's a little more aggressive, puts pressure on your opponents. Whatever it is, pick the things that will give you the best return or, or give you the most impact in your game couple of things only, and then focus on those things. Find the videos and materials that deal with those things, work on them, bring them into your game. Once you've mastered them, then you can add the next two things and then the next two things as you go down and continue your path to improvement. This approach will help you a couple different ways. One, it'll help you avoid going down paths that you don't really need to go down right now. They're not really where you need to be, and you won't waste time and energy doing, you know or trying to figure out things that just, aren't necessary to be figured out right now they can wait till later the other thing that will avoid you doing is exactly what we're talking about in this podcast which will avoid you from bringing in too much information just overloading your mind overloading your your, yourself with so many different things that when you go out there and play you know you're trying to do seven different things uh, in a two-hour pickleball uh, session when you're playing Uh, just not going to happen so again pick one or two things Go out there, work on those one or two things, give yourself some time frame to evaluate whether uh, you've accomplished those things or you've achieved where you want to be with those things. Once you master those, once you climb those hills, so to speak, then you you can pick the next two and the next two, and uh, next thing you know, you'll be 5.0. When we come back, I'll give you some tips and thoughts about arm pain, tennis elbow, golfers elbow, wrist pain, etc. Stay tuned. You'd like to help your friend or family member learn how to play pickleball. But how? Now it's easy. Pick up a copy of Play Pickleball, A Beginner's Guide. It's the most complete guide to playing pickleball. Available as a digital download or in hard copy at intopickle.com or at Amazon. Let's keep growing the sport. I was recently asked about injuries and ailments that are specific to pickleball players. Things like back pain and you know, more common injuries or things that affect everybody. Obviously, you can get a back injury playing pickleball, but I was trying to think of things that are specific to pickleball, and one of the things that, uh, that is very specific to pickleball, and, and I hear a lot and more and more of, are issues involving uh, the wrist, the hand, and the forearm of players. I thought it might be good in today's podcast to talk a little bit about things you can look for to help avoid injury to your arm. I need to be clear that what I'm going to talk about today is not medical advice. I'm not a healthcare professional. What I'm sharing with you are personal experiences that I've had with my arm and just some general observations about different things that may cause uh, injury or fatigue uh, to your arm, particularly to the smaller muscles and to the tendons that are in the, in the forearm area. If I was suffering from pain in my forearm, so like some sort of a tennis elbow or golfer's elbow or my wrist hurt, there's a few things that I would look at to see if any of those things could be the cause of my pain. The first thing I would look at would be my paddle weight. And I don't mean just the general weight of the paddle, whether it's, you know, 7.6 or 8.2 ounces or 8.4 ounces. What I'd be thinking about more is the swing weight of the paddle. We did a video recently about swing weight. I encourage you to take a look at it. I think it's a really uh, helpful concept to understand. Think about swing weight in terms of how, how heavy does the paddle feel moving it around. So how, how much effort or how much strength or effort do you need to take the paddle from one side to the other and then the that side back to the original place? So basically swinging it around from one side to the other is what swing weight is. Now, obviously, paddle weight, you know, total paddle weight will affect swing weight. So if, if I gave you, you know, something like a, you know, 40 ounce paddle versus an eight ounce paddle, the 40 ounce paddle is going to feel heavier. But really what we're dealing with is we're dealing with most paddles are right around eight ounces. They might be You know, a little bit under, a little bit over, but they're around eight ounces, right? Which is about a half a pound. So the question really is how is that weight distributed through the paddle uh, and how much of that weight is being felt by my arm? So, paddle weight is one of the things I'd look at. You don't want a paddle that's too heavy because then that would be like swinging a sledgehammer uh, when you're playing. And usually we play for a few hours, two, three hours, maybe four hours even. And so if you're swinging the sledgehammer for you know that long, you're going to fatigue those those muscles and and put a lot of strain on your on your arm. You also don't want the paddle to be too light. The problem with a paddle that's too light is that when you make impact with the ball, so when you hit the ball, too much of the energy of the ball will transmit into your arm. And that could also cause problems because of the vibration and the transfer of of energy from the ball into your arm. The second thing I would look at is my grip size. Grip sizes that are too large or too small can cause problems as well because of the amount of pressure you have to put on the paddle to hold it. Uh, you can find plenty of resources online, particularly in tennis area. It's going to be similar concepts in terms of how you want your hand to look when you're gripping the paddle in terms of the space between your fingers and, and your uh, butt of your hand. ton of materials out there on that. So look at that. Make sure your grip size is, is not incorrect for you. Related to grip, the third thing I would look at is grip pressure. If you're, holding a, if you're holding your paddle with a death grip for three hours, there's no question that you're going to tire out your arm and you're going to wear out your, your muscles in that area. So watch your grip pressure. Don't have too much of a grip pressure when you're playing out there. So you are trying to loosen it up. The last thing I would look at is how much am I using my wrist when I'm playing? If I'm using my wrist a lot when I play, if I'm hitting shots with my wrist, particularly power shots with my wrist, that puts a lot of burden on the, on the forearm. And again, those are smaller muscle groups. So the more I can swing from the shoulder or bigger muscle group, the less fatigue I'll probably have playing pickleball. One way to perhaps prevent uh, injury to those areas is to make sure that you have worked them out, so that they're that the muscles are toned and that they're in good shape, so that all that area is protected and and has good integrity. We have some videos online. You're welcome to look at and try the exercises uh, where you and you can do them at your house with just you know soup cans or tomato cans or whatever you have laying around. Uh, there's some good exercises to strengthen the forearm muscles, make sure they're toned before you go out there and pound on them for three hours on the pickleball court. Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast and thanks for listening. If you like the content, please share it with other Pickleball players. We enjoy making this content, but at the end of the day, we're trying to get it out there to as many Pickleball players as possible. If you enjoyed the content, it's a good chance they will too. Stay safe and see you next week.